quote a great philosophist, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Michael Scott, and I'm pretty sure Wayne Gretzky said it too. Welcome back to another episode of the MK Productions podcast. I am your host, Mac, joined here as usual by my co-host, my confidant, Miss Flamingo, aka Kristen Silberberto. How are you doing today? Yes, I am good. First of all, I want to know what in the world, why would Wayne Gretzky say that? But I believe Michael Scott saying that. Yeah, I didn't watch The Office as much, but hey. Excuse me, you did not watch The Office? The UK, Sir. UK version is funnier. Actually, no, I mean, the US version is kind of funny too, but I like the UK. UK, UK humor is just it's different, you know? But Kristen, we have a guest. Yes, we have a guest today. We do have a guest to discuss. One of the biggest films right now, Don't Worry Darling. And I wanted to bring on someone who's also seen the film because a certain somebody did not see it, but that's okay. We Today, we have the one and only, the man who runs the Cinema Dispatch, Hunter, Woo. I hopefully I'm a special guest, not just you no, are a regular guest. You know? No, you, you, well, first of all, you'll be a regular again. So even though you just ah, introduced, so you're more you than go. welcome to. We we love a good comeback, so you'll come back. There we go. There <laughs> we go. Hey, yeah. Hunters, tell everybody about yourself. Uh, yeah. So uh, right now we're kind of know each other through the league of cinephiles so we're doing that for a while trivia videos and everything else that's entailed with that but then i figured i need to start my own website and all the reviews and um movies really is stuff i do so i started the cinema dispatch maybe based off the french dispatch which is one of my favorite movies ever now after seeing it last year so uh, Ooh, i had a little bit of inspiration to do that so been going at it for a few months now so i'm glad i'm able to branch out and appear on other people's great work as well and network so it's a great opportunity to be here we are so excited to have you and i want to know is wes anderson then your favorite filmmaker then or now do you have somebody no, else i wouldn't say he's my favorite but i do like grand budapest hotel and french dispatch are like top tier movies for me some of my favorites but then some of the others I don't love as much so and I still haven't seen a few that I haven't seen Bottle Rocket I haven't seen Darjeeling Limited okay most of you, How about most fantastic, because, fantastic uh, Mr. Fox I do really like that one a lot too awesome. so I, I that one's good yeah now my favorite would be uh, I'll go with the basic answer it is Steven Spielberg just because I've seen I think every one of his movies and I think there's only like two I don't like and then there's like five to ten I absolutely love so it's like anybody who has that I have a batting average now i have to ask you since you are a steven spielberg fan we have to talk mm -hmm. about the film that's going to come out the fableman have you mm -hmm. seen it i was at i a shout out to darren in, in our league of cinema as well he got me a world premiere ticket for it so i was there at the first ever well oh, oh okay gotta throw it out there like hey if i if i if i did it i gotta talk about it yes so Yes, it was mostly a surprise to me. I was I was expecting to see it. I was we went to TIFF and I was like, okay, if there's any movie I'm going to see there, it's gonna be this one. Like I'm willing to fight tooth and nail to to get a ticket. And I got like a second or third screening ticket, which I was totally fine with. And Darren's like, hey, I got a surprise. I got an extra one. I was like, oh my god. So Darren gets some hookups. I must he, say, he was in. He was the person to know for Toronto. He had every ins and outs. I mean, he could have ran a whole side business with what he was doing there. So yes, but I was there. I had almost near like panic attack there, just because I was like, "Holy crap! I'm actually here seeing it 
not to be glib, but there's not too many world premieres of Steven Spielberg movies left in his career. He is 76, yeah. 77. So wait, how old is I'm, he? He's like he's in his seventies. Really? Yeah. Seventies. Yeah. So. Oh my god. He's that aging, is... man. Yeah. Damn. So that's why I was like, okay, I have to see this movie because like it's not gonna be a ton left. He works hard, but you know that's just how it is. So are you gonna go see? Oh, sorry. Oh, it was. I mean, if you're gonna ask him, I'm seeing it again. I'm gonna see it again because oh, it's such a good movie. I was gonna ask, are you gonna see uh, Oppenheimer? Oh well, definitely. I mean, obviously. <laughs> any, any. I am a huge history fan as well. So any historical movie I'm huge for. And so when Christopher Nolan says he's doing another historical film, I'm like, yes, I'm here for it, one thousand percent. What were the two uh, Spielberg movies you said were his weakest that you didn't like? Mm, probably kingdom of the crystal skull not a huge fan and i have not seen yeah. it since it, like came out so like maybe but like i also have no interest in seeing it again so like, I <laughs> and then other one um i don't exactly like is, is war horse <gasps> okay i i like war horse I, I i i like it but it's a little too much spielberg for me or there's just so much of that like sentimentality to it i'm like eh, it's not working as much to me but i do like sequences of it but it's just one of those i but- felt differently when that came out though with bridge of spies though mm. I, I, yeah i i really liked bridge of spies i've seen it i just saw it a few months ago again i really liked it so it i just realized i said oppenheimer i thought we were talking about christopher nolan i'm so sorry uh, <laughs> i mean it, it was it was it was a copy by surprise i was like hey we're yeah going i thought no- i first of all i thought we were wrong oh no uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, I guess my weakest Spielberg movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Ready Player One. Mm, that one's, that one's pretty low as well for me as well. But I'm like, if anyone's worst movies are Ready Player One and like Warhorse, I'm like, that's fine. You, you're a, you're a really good director. If that's your worst movie. It's like, I still oh, don't forget about parts. Don't, of for, don't forget about War of the Worlds. I actually, I actually quite like War of the Worlds. Like right. the first hour and twenty minutes, of War of the Worlds is like top tier. After that, it gets a little not so great, but really good in parts all right so, then i get to gloat on something uh when it's, okay ahead, so so this Your is turn. steven spielberg's story because i don't know if i don't remember if i talked about this on the podcast but where i went to graduate school out in brooklyn um they shot west side story there on oh, yeah, where i went that. to school and and mm-hmm. like where i went to school it's sandwiched in a film lot so they film like marvelous mrs mazel there and like a whole bunch of different stuff so at the time when i was going over the summer they were just getting into uh the production of west side story so uh i signed the release to say okay maybe i could work but that didn't happen (laughs) unfortunately i was affected i was very sad I could could have looked for you in that you know the the dance sequence in the gym. Oh no, I would be in, in the back oh. in the craft services, just oh, scooping I mean, up all the tea on Rachel Zegler, like scooping out her talent yeah. and just be like, all right, she's the next star. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. So, you would have had the scoop on that. You'd be like, everybody, just you wait, just you yeah, wait, just you know? wait. The greatness of Rachel Zegler, mm-hmm. but yeah. so. But um, Hunter, where can the fine folks find you at uh, if they want to check out your uh, content? Um, they can find it at www.cinemadispatch.com or look on Instagram at the Cinema Dispatch on there. Um, and uh, also a member of the Minnesota Film Critics Alliance, so you oh. can always find it there as well. So that one we that one started up a few years ago, so I'm glad to be a 
founding member of that one as well. So we're oh, getting, we're 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 be, becoming a bigger deal than we used to be. So it's good. Nice. So all of Hunter's links will be in the description below. But we've got a stack show today. We're gonna be going over some film news that has been going on since our orphan episode. Now we'll be getting into the probably biggest shit show movie of the year don't worry darling and it was not that big of a shit show maybe a disappointing shit show i don't know and then we'll be giving you all the mk uh productions up front of what we got coming up for the coming episode so without further ado let's get right to the news this is cnn all right so the news for this edition of the episode so, guys, we got to talk about the trailer that is blowing up the internet. It's a trailer that has been waited for for almost a year. Black Panther, we're calling it forever. So, um, the, that's the new trailer out for Mario movie. You know, that's it's just crazy. No, I'm just joking. It's the Mario, it's the Mario Brothers movie. Our first teaser trailer of the Chris Pratt-led Mario movie, Illumination, Nintendo's um, collaboration. And in the trailer, we saw Bowser, who was played by Jack Black, go on a rampage he's got his black air forces on he's ready to just bring all the smoke to the um mushroom kingdom and everything and then we have mario coming in from the uh another world he doesn't know what he's doing and uh yeah uh what did y'all think of the mario brothers uh teaser uh hunter since you're our guest you can mm. give your thoughts first okay you, you, I'm gonna say you actually did get me with the Black Panther. And the <laughs> well, first, first I was we like, we love okay, to nitpick and mess around with our guests here. Yes, well, I, I first I was like, oh, he's gonna talk about Mario, and he said Black Panther. I was like, oh, okay. And he went back to Mario. I was like, oh my god, what are we doing? I don't even know. <laughs> I, I know, I know what to think now. Yes, no, um, I thought it was maybe better than I expected but there's a lot of parts of the trailer that i was like oh yeah that's expected but jack black i i thought he was just gonna be his voice and he was gonna be kind of um a bit like a cartoony and they're gonna make fun of bowser a little bit but it's like he sounded really good as bowser i was like okay that's like a big improvement from what i thought and then obviously chris pratt from the two lines we get he does sound exactly the same as his regular voice I'm like i'll oh, I don't know if it's better or worse than him trying to be Italian. So maybe that it's, would be worse. It sounds like the accent he was trying to come to was like in and out. And then it was like, all right, man, you can't do an accent. Just do you. Just be you. Yeah. There was like It'll one, work. There It'll was work. one like New York bit he had in one of the words. I was like, uh, is that something or is that just something I heard? I'm like, I can't tell. I was like, he, well, maybe he kinda that's sounds, the point. He kind of sounds like Emmett from Lego Movie. That's what he's trying to do. I feel like that's like I, Emmett. Yeah. But Which Emmett is, is so fine. distinct and he made that character his own. So I don't know if I'm going to be comparing that to Emmett versus Mario, you know? Yeah. It's but it's it's still such a weird pick for Mario, I think. Danny DeVito should have been Mario. At least it is not John Leguizamo. Yeah, no. <laughs> We're not doing that. John Leguizamo was perfect, but... No, this it, I remember when Chris Pratt was announced, everyone was like, Really? Everyone's kind of laughing at the casting, but what do you guys think about the animation? I think it looks beautiful. Um, I think it looked really, really good. I was visually impressed. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, Okay, here's uh, Illumination and Nintendo coming in hot. 
aka Nintendo holding a gun up to Illumination, like, don't fuck this up. I I think that's kind of part of it because it is Nintendo listed <laughs> yeah. first and then Illumination. I was like, it was like they made sure they looked at those Secret Life of Pets and Minions movies, like we can make it look a little bit better than better. that, guys. And then they did, and it looks pretty good. I was like, all right, this is besides a few nitpicks here, like the when they have the slow piano Mario theme, I was like, oh, I've heard that a million times. We had yep. the slow piano Ghostbusters theme. The slow oh, yeah. Piano <laughs> Top Gun theme. I'm like, we're this is just a trope now. Everyone's doing it. I'm like, ah, okay. But then, but overall, I was like, you know, I don't think it'll be a great movie, and I'm not, still, my excitement level is not high, but I'm like, didn't crater my excitement, or that was already low, so mm-hmm. good job, I guess, you know? <laughs> Okay, one thing you did not say is the one thing I was really happy about. Mm. Um, I enjoy a good Toad impression, and I must say... Who's Toad? Really? No, who's playing yeah. Toad? Oh, who's playing? <laughs> I was just going to get to that. Keegan-Michael Key really? is playing Toad, and yeah. I was like, okay, I see you. And it sounded really good from his scream. I really like it. Yeah, I actually, like, I knew he was playing Toad going in the trailer. And then when I, like, heard Toad, I'm like, does it sound like Michael Key? He's like, well, he's doing a good job. I thought he was just going to do his voice, but he's playing the character pretty damn well. He's got to get that Toad scream down. I don't know mm. how many times he had to do those vocal exercises, but I think he nailed it. And I'm very happy about it. Super yeah. Mario Brothers. So far, so good. We, yeah. we, we we still haven't heard Seth Rogen in it. Oh God! Or or, or uh, Anya Taylor Joyce or Peach, Charlie so like, Day because Charlie Day is going to be uh, yeah. Luigi. So they they still have like half the cast that I'm like curious about. It has we haven't heard a single thing from it. We barely we heard one line from Chris Pratt. So really, Jack Black's the only one we heard like a a good sample size from. Um, I just realized the directors are the guys from Teen Titans Go. Yeah. I, wow. Yeah. I, I, I did not watch that movie, so I don't... Oh, no, no, the, the TV show. Oh, the TV show or the movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. They did, uh, they made the Teen Titans Go reboot. I mean, Teen Titans Go has his moments where it's funny, so I, I have faith in these guys, but mm-hmm. I can't wait for uh, Seth Rogen to be like, <laughs> I'm Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong is going to be great. I'm I'm excited to also hear Sebastian Maniscalco, because I think he's also going to be great. I love mm. Sebastian. And... I'm also curious to see how Anya Taylor-Joy is going to sound as Princess Peach. Mm-hmm. Which will be very interesting. I thought that mm-hmm. one was a reunion casting choice. It was, I was questioning it. I was like, well, okay. What do you think the after... I am calling an after credit scene. They're going to introduce Wario. <gasps> or Waluigi. Oh. Because okay. I feel like this, this movie will is going to make money. Because there's name recognition. And everyone's going to go see it. Even if they're mm-hmm. like, I don't want to see it. They're going to watch it. Trust me. They're going to watch Mario in theaters. I I'm wondering that that could be one. It maybe this is more down the road. Is a Super Smash Bros. movie incoming? If eventually, it, like in, like after maybe two solo Mario movies, then they start building their own. Oh God, cinematic universe and then I was just cinematic universe. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised they did that. I wouldn't mind a Smash Brothers movie if yeah. that. Because like we already have two Sonic movies that are the highest grossing video game movies ever, so like, hey, the 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 groundwork is being laid here for characters to intersect. True. Well, Kristen, what's your uh, news topic you got? Oh my gosh, Mac! I have so much news. I don't even know where to start. All right, Pick but some we good have. Ones. All right, so 
I feel like we should start because you and I, Mac, love Keanu Reeves. As we should. We worship that man here. If you don't know, Hunter, we worship that man here. We did a whole him episode. And Nic- him and Nicolas Cage. Yes. Okay. Him- there you go. Yes. We did a whole episode, a deep dive on Keanu. And if you guys weren't aware, but um, Keanu was set to star in a limited series on Hulu. There was this whole Martin Scorsese thing and Leonardo DiCaprio. And it was an adaption of Eric Larson's Devil in the White Claw. And he was going to be like an executive producer of it. I don't know if he's an executive producer of it now but it's been confirmed he has exited the series Mm. which i am very sad about i was like this was gonna be pure gold with leonardo DiCaprio and keanu and martin scorsese i mean like how juicy of a limited series would that would have been especially for keanu to star in a tv series because he hasn't started in one like in a long, long time. Not so since he's an actual star, yeah. Yeah, so I'm kind of bummed about it. And without Keanu uh, starring in this limited series, are you still going to watch it? No. No! I didn't even know about this at all. I was just worried about... Uh, I thought the real news was Constantine, too. Okay, well, there that's also happening. And you know my thoughts about Constantine. Hmm. No, this um, Devil in the White City, um, I have a weird connection to it because in high school, many years ago, like 2014, 15, whatever, I had to do a report in our law class about uh, crimes, and I did it on the serial killer who's in Devil in the White City, so I did a whole report on him, and at the end of my presentation in the class, I was like, and Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese are going to make this movie about it, it'll be out in 2017. And then it never came out. I looked like oh. a fool. And then, yep. And, then, and it's and then, still and then, not out. And then I heard, yeah, and I heard Keanu Reeves is in it. And I'm like, hey, at least it's going to be something. And then now it's like not happening, sort of. And I'm like, oh, this movie just, or series and movie just really hates me. I had all this excitement and all about it and just never going to come. Because it's like a really interesting and really creepy story, like true story. Is so it? I'm like, oh, if it, it is, it, it's like a serial killer who built this like, crazy house that would oh and he would, like, like to torment saw, them like saw kind of like saw yeah and he would he just do some nasty stuff because during the world's fairs so like back in the day when people would come from all the world and then there was no real way to locate them after they gone missing and then it was it was such a weird story it's like oh scorsese got his hands all over that it'd be so good so mm-hmm. and this was right after shutter island too so like scorsese could do horror adjacent kind of stuff so i was so excited for it and still not getting it oh man oh well but at least it'll come out still it's still gonna be set for a 2024 launch but who will star in it it's up in the air i feel like with those producers they can get somebody in it i'm still gonna watch it because i've i've been waiting for it so long i'm like "I, i have to watch it now so now, did you read the book that this is based on since you did all the research for this? I did have to read the book for book as well. So it's a really good book. So I, it's it's like one of the few books I've read that is like was going to become a movie as I was reading it. So like I had that extra connection. I was like, oh, I'm ahead of the curve on this one. It's not already a movie. And then I'm still, still waiting. But, 
All right, we'll just sit on pins and needles and just anxiously wait for it. Um, Mac, what's your next news story? So my next news story is that, speaking of video game movies, the Five Nights at Freddy's movie has gotten a new director. I didn't see who the name was, but yeah, it's officially going to be in pre-production after its original release date was this year. So guys, do you play or have you seen any gameplay of Five Nights at Freddy's? Hunter, you go first. I have not played any of the games. I It just kind of missed me at that. I knew some friends who played the games, but it's always that one you played at sleepovers at their house and stuff. Yeah. But I think I was maybe just two or three years older than um, than the, like the, the main audience for it, so I didn't get around to it. So I've never been uh, hugely anticipating the movie just because I don't have that to go off of, but I think it's a Blumhouse movie as well, which is like, yes. oh, that's the uh, track record is <laughs> great. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So. Chris, how about you? You know me, Mac. I'm the video game person. Now I'm just playing. You know me, Mac. You know me. It's hard for me to play any single video game, I feel like, from time to time, unless it's not the Lego ones. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> those that's are fun, though. Those yeah, are... those are peak gamer stuff, yeah. so you're fine. But do you... um? You have you seen any gameplay of like you know? Final I've Freddy? seen like PewDiePie play it, of course, and like people like Markiplier play it because like my sister, you know, was really into Five Nights at Freddy's and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like waiting for a certain amount of time to be like, all right, when is this going to be a movie? And um, originally, we kind of got that with uh, Willy Wonder Willy's yeah. Wonderland, which was so stupid, but. I liked it. All right. Well, we're not talking about Willie. I'm just acknowledging because mm-hmm. I hated the Willies. Oh, but, yeah. but um, I'm not surprised we're getting a new director for this because I feel like this is for something like, uh, what is it? Five Nights at Freddy's? Yeah, that's what it's called. I feel like yep. that's going to be hard to adapt and find the right director because you need to be really, really creative with it. Well, the thing is, they've been in pre-production. They announced this movie back in my sophomore year of high school, 2015, 2016. Yeah. I was just in high school when it was becoming a thing, like Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, mm-hmm. what was that? Like back in 2012? Like er- er- early, early teens, kind of around there. Yeah, like yeah. then, like, right? Yeah. What, one thing I'm curious about, you, you said with um, the director, because the Five Nights at Freddy's is, as a game, it is just the jump scares. That's really yeah. what you're, you're going there. So if it's a movie... It's already set to be a movie, but I'm like, is so what are you gonna do besides just the jump scares for 90 minutes? I I tell a story. <laughs> tell a story. Gotta like, tell some not, story. Like, I, I've also have not played the games, and I know there's like five to six games. I just don't know like what story can you tell for that long. That's I don't know. I don't know. Well, they have five or six games to make up like five movies out of, so uh, they got they they've got it. They got something. Well, the guy who made the games, he's like yeah, I got I got enough like material for years. There's books, there's games, oh, well. nothing like that. So Isn't I guess there like an something. anime too? Yes, oh, that's wow. what I thought because like um, my fiance like will look around the anime section. And I was like, oh, I, isn't that a Five Nights at Freddy's anime? He's like, yeah. Huh. Well, I guess I'm wrong. There's a lot they could do for. I'm out of the loop. You know, they got all this stuff. Okay, Mac, who do you want to direct the Five Nights at Freddy's film? 
Well, no A-tier director would see themselves bottom-dwelling with a Five Nights at Freddy movie, so we need to get Uwe Ball back with Five Nights at Freddy. Just oh. making the most, just making the most piece of shit movie of all time. But no, okay, never mind. Um, I think honestly, it's hard because I really don't see it. Oh no, I got it. Uh, Paul W. S. Anderson. Oh God! Really, <laughs> Uwe Ball and Paul W. S. Anderson. You really want this to be a great movie don't you yeah like you know <laughs> like like i don't know like i feel like because i don't really see any other director like they probably like what what the hell is this like freddy like freddy krueger like yeah. I, don't know. I don't know i just generally don't know because i'm not really a fan of the game like like hunter said it's really just jump scares and mm-hmm. i mean unless they want to turn into the nun part two which we're getting a nun too like yeah it's is. gonna be jump scares Oh god, don't remind me about the nun too. Maybe they can maybe they could have gotten like Eli Roth or something. He's doing yeah. that Borderlands game or movie or adaptation right now. He's like he's he works the lower budgets. He could get some nastiness out of it. That's true. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not anticipating a high quality movie. That's kind of why Eli Roth is there. Really. He's bet he's better than Anderson and Uve Bull, but he you know, he's got some. He could do something. Alrighties, my turn now with news. Well, Man. Honor Mary mentioned uh, Chick Our Treats getting a sequel, so I'm excited. So you go Ooh. on. I will definitely watch that. Um, but anyways, this will move smoothly into our next news topic. But Hunter, since you got to go to TIFF, did you get to see Glass Onion? Yes, I did. I that was that was the one. That it was it was the great day where it was literally glass onion. I saw it and then literally it went right from that right into the Fableman. So it's like a one-two punch. Of like wow, I was able to see these. So okay, if you can give this briefly, did you enjoy it? Is it worthy of the sequel? Oh yes, I now I'll give it since I was at the premiere of it and all that, but like in the the hype of it, that might push my opinion a little higher of it. But I liked it just slightly more than the original one just slightly more i think this one is a lot funnier it's it's much more of a comedy i mean they're both comedies the first one was but this one i think is much more of a comedy than the first one and Mm -hmm. i liked the whole it is such a twist and turn of a movie it's so well done and stylishly directed that i had it's such it's such a great um crowd movie which i'm assuming this is the news part you're going to bring up here yeah so um if you guys don't know knives out the sequel glass onion is set to hit theaters at thanksgiving at amc regal cinemark and a rare deal with netflix this is something that amc or regal hasn't done yet with netflix so this is major so um this is coming from deadline too with recent news about it it is going to be available in theaters the day before thanksgiving and that's about almost a month before it's set to hit netflix and according to some quotes with amc one of my favorites amc AMC boss Adam Aaron says about today's deal and expedition and Netflix have cracked the code to working together while Cineworld CEO Mookie Grinder, I'm so sorry, is optimistic about getting things to come, um, exclaiming this is an experiment uh, 
that is a breakthrough for both the theatrical industry and Netflix and can have paved for a stronger corporation in the future as Netflix big budget movies are for sure belong on the big screen first which I completely agree to that like a lot of the Netflix films that we see nowadays especially uh the gray man that should have been something in theaters so um Hunter, are you going to see Glass Onion again? And Mac, are you going to go see Glass Onion in theaters? Um, I will see it if some like if my family wants to see it. I will definitely go with them this uh again to see it. I, I'm glad that they they did reach this agreement because they initially announced like it'll be in theaters and then it'll be on Netflix, but they didn't say what the specifics were. I was like, so does that mean you're going to put in your own two Netflix theaters? You're going to put in a couple hundred, a couple yeah. thousand? What does this mean? And then this is good news because. Watching this movie at home is not the same as watching it with a bunch of people and is much, much, much more enjoyable experience with that, reacting mm -hmm. with people to all the twists and turns of it. So mm -hmm. I'm glad they were doing this because I actually did see Gray Man in theaters here. They actually had a decent theatrical release in Minneapolis here. It was in like four to five theaters around my area, which was mm -hmm. unexpected, but I'm glad I saw it on there. Now, not, not that I love the of... movie, but it was better there probably. So what was the theater uh, branch that was hosting, like, The Gray Man? Like um, This one's, it's, I think it's more of a local one. It is called Imagine Theaters. I think it's Minnesota. Oh, like, I think they only, because all their ads are Minnesota-based, so I think they're only in here. So they had it in all their theaters, and they always do interesting releases. They have most of the streaming movies. They get most of the stuff interesting no other theater touches or just doesn't have which is i like a lot so. now what mac and i have on the east coast um we get cinemark hosting just about every single mm -hmm. oh excuse me netflix film so if like when like run notice came out about a year ago they were advertising like like that heavily at mm. cinemark and then they did the gray man at cinemark like they weren't showing it at like amc or a regal mm -hmm. But Mac, are you gonna go see uh what you call it, Glass Onion? Um I'm not sure. I'll see it. I'll definitely watch it on Netflix because it's just mm -hmm. their convenience if I can't get the theater. But I mean I'll try to get it because like the first movie was such a surprise, especially you know, Ryan Johnson made uh that Star Wars movie that shall not be named. Um <laughs> yeah, like, be named. But um, I liked the first one. It was very like a surprise hit. Like you, it you thought you knew what you were gonna get, but you were completely wrong with it. And I'm kind of excited because this one has like a crazy cast. Yeah, I like the cast more in this film than in the last film. Like I'm impressed more with this film than the first film. Like I wasn't a huge fan of the Knives Out film when it came out. Like, like did anybody not see who the killer was? Like at least. <laughs> Yeah, like, I knew who it was, like, right away. I was like, well, it's, it's funny this man. In one of the DVD covers, if you turn it around, you can actually, it points towards um who the killer is. In That's the, uh, creative. Cover. Uh, that is fun. Yeah, something cute. But um, I am anticipating at least a better watch. Am I a fan of Rain Johnson's, some of Rain Johnson's work? No. Um, Especially one that will not be named here. Um, But I, I do enjoy Brick, and I do enjoy Looper. So I will be optimistic about Glass Onion and Mac. I don't want to gloat this again, but I'm going to see this at my own local film festival. Shout out to Montclair. I'll be seeing it opening night. I'm so excited. Nice. So uh, 
Mac, come now to New Jersey and just. I'm never. Oh wait, I'm, I'm no, going, you you, know, you are coming uh, to my uh, wedding. What are I you just, talking about? Just, like, oh wait, oh wait, I will not be going to New Jersey until then. You cannot pay me to go there. No, you are there. coming. I'm gonna. I will drag your ass. <laughs> I, I will go to Massachusetts. We will take an Amtrak back to New Jersey. All right. All right. Um, sorry. Um, but anyways, that's that's class onion. I'm gonna be seeing it. I have high, some high hopes, but um last last thing I just want to shout out, but uh Robert Edgar's uh Nos Route 2 movie is finally happening with focus. Very excited, and um Bill Sarsgaard is going to be in it, and so is Lily Ray Depp. And now uh, Deadline just reported that Nicholas Holt is set to star in it as well. So I just want to shout Ooh. that out. I'm very, very excited about Robert, Robert Eggers. I just love. So mm. I'm just so excited for this project. So well, we're still getting the Nicholas Cage uh, vampire movies. That's the one thing I'm excited about. Vampires yeah. are it right now. Why not? You know, more, more the merrier. At least I mean, it's I not think, a Twilight. <laughs> I think I was say I think we grew out of the Twilight. They were just waiting for it to, like the nostalgia to like, go away. They're like, all right, we can move on vampires again. Yeah, but I'm excited about that. But that's all the news what we have for today. That was I felt like a lot. So um, that was the whole train of emotions and uh, talking from knives out and talking about whatever else was happening. So if you want to send us some news, send it on over to the MK Productions Instagram page or hit us up. On, in an email with mnkproductionspodcast at gmail.com. For now, um, let's kick it off to Don't Worry, Darling. No, Review. worry, because we are, we're, we're revealing this movie. Oh, God. <laughs> we built this community with limitless potential. You're perfect here. We're all here because we believe in the mission. The Vichy Project is doing something to us. I went to headquarters and I saw what he's hiding. He's lying to all of us. He's trapped us here. Alice, go! I gave you all of this, Alice! We're pushing forward! Don't worry, darling. Only in theaters. All right, so Don't Worry, Darling is the new Olivia Wilde movie starring Florence Pugh. Uh, and Harry Styles, which the plot of the film follows a young wife living in a company town who begins to believe there's a sinister secret being kept from her by the man who runs it. It also stars Gemma Chang, uh, Olivia Wilde herself, Kiki Lane, Nick Cole, and Chris Pine. Um, and as you know, we've covered this is like a multi part anime on our podcast. You've covered the trouble production behind Don't Worry Darling, and uh, now it's out. And these yes. two, have, these two have seen it. I didn't, I didn't watch it, so I'm just here for the ride. So, warning: spoilers will be included for this. So, uh, Kristen Hunter, what is going on with Don't Worry Darling? Is it a yay, nay, or what the hell? Um, Hunter, you go first. Okay, I am. Yay, question mark like there are parts <laughs> i quite like about this movie and then there are parts i quite don't like so it it, it is not as bad as the press would make it out to be it is not no. it is not a great movie but it's not a terrible movie like, like everyone's clowning around it's it's there is there is generally some really good aspects of it that i enjoyed so i completely agree with that too and i completely said the same thing when i was walking out of the theater i was like it's not as bad like the way I saw it was, is that like they got a blank canvas and through all sorts of 
tomatoes at it and they were like oh this is gonna work and then it would just like not work at all like in some aspects mm-hmm. it would go no this isn't working and i will give credit to some credit like some of the acting here is phenomenal other mm-hmm. times it's like what <laughs> and um so, yeah so from that uh being the harry styles fan you are what what, what would you it, where does he fall in those camps those two camps you know in okay. general his performance no bias Kristen. oh we, no i went into this with a clear it's, mind it's the big elephant in the room now you've uh you know uh laid out your uh harry styles fandom what did you think yes. of him in the film you know let me just say he looked really good oh my mm. god that's the first thing that oh, we're well. <laughs> that's the first thing i'm getting out of the way uh-huh. all right all right but in terms of his acting it is questionable he is not ready for a main he is story not role, I'm ready you. for it and i was like um yeah um no (laughs) in some scenes he was some scenes he was really really good and other scenes i was like no it's like he went to the acting school of youtube and looked up uh big big time monologues and copied off of like what christian mail or like how joaquin phoenix would act in certain situations and i'm just Mm -hmm. like no um there's times his chemistry with Florence didn't feel right and I felt like I was watching more of Harry Styles as a person and not as a actor mm-hmm. and it, it, it oh go ahead it's just so hard to look away or look look away from like knowing Harry Styles as a person like the superstar of him I'm like it just, it's so hard to not like see that when you're watching this quote original character that he's playing i'm like i still see harry styles through and through and i'm not mm-hmm. I, i'm not buying it i'm not buying yeah. it you know i wasn't buying it either um his character i might i kind of say was interesting but they could have added a little bit more beef to it but like i understand one thing that was happening especially like i took into this into consideration um since we are going to spoil, I want to spoil this one thing. Mm-hmm. One thing that happens with his character is that he has a English accent through <laughs> this whole time. Uh, you, and then you, you beat me to it. He comes <laughs> in with this British accent and then you realize what the hell is going on. And it's like this AI simulation Oculus experience that Florence Puth is trapped in and then you're like oh that's why his accent's coming in and out oh yeah, yeah. like it's, big it's, brain it's, moment yeah it's one of those things where like the first 30 minutes of the movie I'm like is he British or is he like American what, what's he doing here like and then he couldn't the, get the, the accent car- down at all yeah. like he couldn't pick then, a lane to set in no it was half sometimes like perfect like pretty good American and then it was some lines were like pretty clear British. I'm like, okay. And then somebody says he's his character is British in the movie. I'm like, all right, that kind of clears it up. But I'm like, but Florence P was British in real life, but she's doing a perfect American accent, so that's something else. And then they hit it with that the the twist at it. I'm like, well, I think 
I think they just figured out that Florence Pugh can be American and Harry Styles can't. So like, well, <laughs> we, we got it, we got it, we got it, we got to fix it somehow. So we're just gonna do it this way. <laughs> Olivia wasn't there on set that day. Let's just make that clear. I, I guess. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was that was kind of the whole like this kind of encompasses the movie where it's like I think they had to fix it because Harry Styles couldn't be American. They're like, well, Florence can, so we'll let her do it, but you can't, so your character's British. And it's like, well, I think that kind of shows a little bit of what the limitations were of this casting, just in general, like that. <laughs> like Shia LaBeouf, I again like Harry Styles could I have seen I would probably looked at Shia LaBeouf and seen Shia LaBeouf but like he could do something interesting with mm -hmm. that character that would be a little more deeper in that I was like I was looking for I think Shia LaBeouf could do it but also with his past and the relationship to this movie he would have had I would I've wanted to see him in it probably not either so I think they mm -hmm. were kind of screwed over both ways here I think at least then, with Shia would have been more entertaining. I think to a degree, Harry is entertaining because I will say there were entertaining times and moments because I oh, was yeah. very, fairly entertained with one scene that particularly happens, and that <laughs> is the social life party scene. And there's this big, you know, monologue that happens, and it's and Chris Pine does a really good job in this film. I will give him some credit. Like he brings the energy that was needed for the film and then cap cap really captures the character that they were trying to go for. And Harry gets up on stage. He does not sing. He does a tap dance. <laughs> I, it is it is weird. Like they're not going to let him sing. I was like, oh, but they're going to make a dance. It's, it's yeah. a weird dance, but it's so very, I couldn't look away from it. That no, was like, I was like, couldn't. Well, it's so strange. So I was like, this is within the mood, within the film, the strangeness of the film, it was really working for me. So like that scene, I was like, this is such a weird scene, but I'm really, really digging it right now. Especially the way they edit it, because there's this scene, the way it's cut out to be, Florence Puth is in like this argument with Olivia Wilde and uh, Florence is talking about, you know, what's going on and what she's seeing and what's happening with Kiki Lane and mm -hmm um it's sliced up with the tap dancing and i thought oh my god this is like a ping pong match where we're going in between these scenes yeah so as, so, as florence pugh's character is trying to get out of the world harry's getting even more into it dancing for all like these people. deeper yeah like, he's going way in there i was like oh so um, so like the, that was a perfect like that whole like 10 minute scene is really well done like yeah. all facets of it yeah, so I can get, like give some credits. Like if I think if you start like to be fair, if this movie were to came come out years from now, and if Harry really established himself as an actor, then I would have bought him a little bit more. But everyone else, I was kind of able to buy as an actor for this film. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now I got my Harry thoughts out of the way. <laughs> Wait, yeah, we had, to, we, had to, we had, to, had to put that one in there at the, at the top because it's it's. I mean, it is the talking point of the movie as well. One of the and, and I will give him credit, the makeup team uh, making unhandsome, not great looking computer geek Harry Styles is like, they did a good job for that. And like <laughs> the, the contrasting his real character, I'll say, and then his three project VR character, they're very different. Yeah. So like, they did a good job. My, boy, <laughs> my fiance goes oh no they made him ugly they, oh, they, no. they, they, did, they did a good job i was like wow you so it's like 
the question is true. You could make Harry Styles ugly if you did it, but yeah. So. <laughs> like that was the big thing. I don't want But um, in terms of like Florence Pugh and everybody else, I was really on this ride with Florence Pugh the whole way through. I thought she really did about a really great job of bringing audiences on this wild ride. I think the first two acts are really strong, and I think the the last act of it was a little bumpy. Mm. I mean, what? How do you feel about Florence? I this is one of those roles where it's like after Midsummer, I think she she did she could do this in her sleep. This Mm -hmm. kind of role where it's just like she is Midsummer. She's you know a stranger in a new world, reacting to these very just we'll say strange things. And this is kind of the same thing where it's just her being the audience surrogate, taking us through this just weird journey of unfamiliar land. And it's she does such a good job at it. So I'm glad there's one thing this movie can just definitely hang its hat on. It's her. So Yeah. And the one thing was I really dug is that Olivia Wilde was first set to star as Alice in the film. That's the name. I don't know if we ever established that, but that's mm-hmm. the name of the character. And um, I was like, okay, I could see that. But I felt like Olivia Wilde is now in that age bracket where she was a little too mature for that. So I need, mm-hmm. think they needed someone a little bit more young and a little bit naive. And Florence Pugh is still in that bracket area and once Olivia Wilde saw uh, Midsommar she casted uh, Florence as Alice which makes perfect sense to me as a director standpoint and to go into Mm -hmm. like your next thriller be this it makes sense why because like everybody loved her performance in Midsommar and I did too I loved Midsommar and that it's not my favorite you know from that series from Ari Aster but mm-hmm. the good aspect of that was Florence Puth and what made her a star so I think she really sells it on that but she really does a great job on this um another thing that I felt interesting that this film didn't really do a great job on was the actual script itself mm. how do you feel about in terms of the direction and some of the script um, in terms of the script, it is definitely th- the weakest part of the movie, I would say. In terms, I of agree. The first maybe hour, hour and a half <laughs> is interesting, but it kind of goes on for way too long. Where it's we're 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 getting in, we're dipping our toes in this world, but then Florence Pugh sees something weird, and then she reacts to it, and then she's told kind of like gaslit into being like, "No, you saw it differently. You're just being hysterical." And mm-hmm. we do that like three to four to five times. So I was like, okay, we, I kind of get it. Let's keep going. This is well done, but we're still doing it. And then when it flips it all in its head, there's a lot of nitpicking questions I had with it. But I was like, that that doesn't matter. I'm not going to dog the movie on those little tiny plot holes you could ask. But it, the grand message of it all, it just I don't think it came together as smoothly or as uh, it's 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 very on the nose what the message is and i'm like well i got it but i didn't think it was that great and i think there's a lot no. of other movies have done it better so oh definitely like, yeah and one and oh god i don't want to i'm not trying to brag but i was like 
I've seen The Village, I've seen other movies like this, and I from the trailer and people are talking like there's a plot twist, and like I kind of think I know what the twist is, and I was like, I was thinking it's like this is gonna be set in modern day somehow, like this is a closed in society, everyone's in modern day, and they're trying to go back to the you know, conservative and conventionalist 1950s where life was good. And then I was like, well, it's kind of right. It's in the modern day, just not exactly. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, just because I could already tell that was going to be the twist a little bit. I was like, oh, a little disappointed then. But that's not the movie's fault for not delivering something that I thought it wasn't going to be. So yeah, exactly. Um, I knew this script was having some issues once I was doing like this whole researched to it and i understand one thing for this but appeared on the 2019 blacklist of scripts so although so that's like you know the blacklist isn't that great it's like a poll catalog of like scripts that are like yeah yeah that are just like you can adapt this or this can be rewritten you know and it was rewritten it was first written by two people but i feel like at the time around 2019 if this was released i must say like in 2014 i think this would have been very different but now since we live in this technology-based world and like this very feminist world now i feel like this is kind of a piece that's a little too late because it's also incorporates a lot of stepford wise like if you Mm. watch like a lot of stuff like that this a lot of films have done what like olivia what olivia was trying to do already which isn't bad but i've Mm -hmm. seen a lot of films do it better than what olivia has done and especially what the script and how it is Mm -hmm. i definitely think as a director olivia wilde has stepped up her game for this one and she has some really great sequences but she's just the script is where it's like 30 40 pages straight is just weird stuff happens we have to react to it okay keep going and i'm like well that's like there's only so much you could do a quarter of your movie is just the same thing over and over again for a good stretch of it so i think it was one of those where it was rewritten but i think there needs to be either something's condensed or we need to try to do a have a different version of trying to explain what our ideas are what's what's going on yeah 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 um what do you think about one other controversy that I think that's also kind of hit the sphere was uh, Kiki Lane's aspect for the film. Her and her partner, scene partner, their scenes, they had more to the film. They were cut. Do you, How do you feel about that? Do you think that would have added a little bit more to the story? Do you think it would have given more of an explanation to Kiki Lane's character in the film? Um... I don't know if it would have it's like it helped a lot because we get I don't know we get maybe three scenes of them I mean we get a brief thing at the 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 party at um, Frank's house mm-hmm. about her being questioning she's basically Florence Pugh just character but she's just further along in that journey of questioning everything and everything and then she's and then she we watch her cut her throat and fall off the the, the the house which is really scary scene so it's yeah well done and then we never see her again which i thought was fine i'm assuming most of the scenes that are cut were before that because i like that we just have no idea what happened to her because that's kind of part of the twist is like once you die in the vr world what happens to you you know where do you go what happens and it's 
So I thought that was kind of nice. So I'm okay with her being cut a little bit, but uh, without seeing the scenes, I can't really say. Wait, so this takes place in the VR? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Somebody is, they, you are hooked up to like, let's say like a, the best way to see it is a toxic masculinity world, but for Sims. Basically is. Yeah, it is that where all the women, most of the women, I think Livy Wilde's character, she said she is in this world by her choice, but most of the women yeah. in this world have been kind of forcibly tricked into it by the men that they are You're, with. They're brainwashed Mostly. by their significant other yeah. or who knows, they could be kidnapped. And yeah, we, it, that's we don't know what the, the other it's, women it's are. A little, a little left unclear of like, so like Florence P was tricked into it by Harry Styles' character, kind of. Because it sounded like forcefully. Yeah. But then every it. other woman were like, well, it's like Olivia Wilde's character said she did do it. So it's like, is all these women then into this? Is did some of them make the choice? Or like the only all... one you don't really know who, excuse me, who didn't make the choice was the other woman, Peg. Like mm -hmm. she didn't know about yeah. it when they were sitting at that dinner table scene and they were talking about like you know how you first met. Which yeah. was like, you know, but to be fair, yeah. But I also want to go. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you go. I've been cutting too much. No, I feel like I've been. To be fair, I thought go I was on. doing that. Oh, don't worry. Um, One thing I kind of thought going off of like what you were saying with the women, you know, not knowing and everything, we we're just going off that. Towards the end, once it becomes clear what the men are doing, um, Olivia Wilde was first set, her character was set on not like letting this deconstruction of this utopia or, you know, world like end. But then at the end, you noticed she was like letting Alice go to fix everything. Mm -hmm. I feel like she would have been the villain bad guy. I was like, she was in it for such a long time. Then why stop? Like, her character felt so conflicting to me, like, pancake mm -hmm. in a way. I was like, wait, does she want this still anymore? Does she not want it anymore? Does she want it? Does she not want it anymore? Like, Olivia Wilde's character could have been a little bit stronger, too, which is one thing I want to add to that. Okay, sorry. Yeah, they, they did have a they did have a nice dynamic, like Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde. The, the the characters they have, one's a little bit older and is seemingly what, what we understand early in the movie has been here a little bit longer than Florence Pugh. She sees more into it. So they had a nice kind of older sister, younger sister kind of dynamic. And then yes, it is one of those. It's weird because she is when that during that scene where Harry Styles dancing, she is Olivia Wilde's character is very much against Florence Pugh raising these questions. It's very much like you need to stop this or else you're going to get in trouble and ruin everything. And then Florence Pugh goes to the mental hospital or whatever. And then Olivia she Wilde gets brainwashed. And... Yeah. So like maybe off screen, Olivia Wilde had a change of heart because she doesn't go to that dinner yeah. party. So maybe yeah, that is over, true. Those next few, over those next few days, she has a change of heart that we don't see. So that's kind of a problem. It's like, well, then I guess. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, it's a lot of that happens off screen, I guess, and you're like, well, sure, but which makes sense given the more. set controversies and yeah, <laughs> like well, um, wasn't there for the maybe that wasn't the script, like well, we can't do this now, so yeah, we, just we gotta cut it. it. Yeah, I um, guess. Um, I will say also, uh, Gemma Chan, 
was pretty good. I felt like she could have been yeah. used in a few more scenes. Her, her character's the most questioning I had of it, where, like, she definitely seems, at the beginning, I thought she was more the one pulling the strings than Frank. I thought the twist kind of was going to be, she was the big mastermind behind it, but she's like, well, I had to have a man to be the you know face of it to get credit for it. And it was going to be a whole message about, like, females can't get credit for in a man's world they can't mm. rise up and then she kills frank at the end i was like is she disgusted with this world is she that she figures it out it over does she figure it out i was like i don't know and i was like i was really interested in what she was doing because she very much defends him at the dinner party and she mm-hmm. doesn't take florence's crap in it yeah, like, yeah, did she come like, to that realization at the end? Because everybody yeah. starts to realize what's going on once Florence Pugh steps back mm-hmm. into the future after getting this brainwashing thing cleanse. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, just everything happens all at once. Yeah, it's such a, I, I thought it was such an underwhelming way to get rid of Frank is just have him killed by his wife. And I'm like, I was like, but I, I kind of liked the dynamic they had. I was interested in seeing it more. And then it just like, oh, no, she kills him. That's it. And yeah, but I did I like, cheer. Oh. Like, oh. I did cheer, you know, knowing like, hey, she killed him. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's why I was but, glad. Which is great. But, but... Like, could have been a little more to that. I was like, oh, well. Even like, though right. how the movie gets its audience closure, because the way the movie ends is that, oh, excuse me. I'm hiccuping. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, One thing that, uh, the way the film concludes is like uh, Florence Pugh goes to like this dome thing. It's set on a mountain, mm-hmm. which she has to run up this mountain and all this craziness. And these men in red suits are after her. This is at the end, and mm-hmm. she has to stick their her hands on this like dome like thing. And the way the movie ends, it's like it goes pitch black. And then it just like is really quiet for a second. And then you're, <gasps> and she's like, all right, she's alive. She's fine, you know. But mm-hmm. then you don't see what happens to everybody else. Like, I would have liked to see her like wake up, even though we know she wakes up. I would have liked to see her wake up and then just all of a sudden just see everybody else around her, mm-hmm. like being like, whoa, like what happened? Like, what year is it? Where am I? It, Who is it, this man? Yeah, you know? there's also that like, has she been asleep for six hours, six days, six weeks? Is yeah, like, like is how long? After? Like how long has this been? And it's like it never answered. It's like she could be a list as a missing person in real life. She could have been gone forever. Yeah, like who knows? Like, like it's a like to me. Like at least the scenes that I like at least got when her and Jack were together. Like, like I got like this is what I thought. I thought they broke up, and he kidnapped her. And she was living in this dump with him. That's the way I saw it, but I don't know how you would see it. And she was just like there for a really long time and just yeah. happened to lose I, her job. Like I had so many question, little questions in between. Mm-hmm. It was those, those are the questions that I was like, I don't try to sink a movie for having those little questions because like, you don't have to answer everything. But I was like, mm-hmm. it's like there's just a lot of stuff I'm like. I don't know what you mean. Like, I'm more interested in the stuff that isn't answered than it is answered. Yeah. What I I I kind of thought it was, yeah, they were in this relationship. They had seemed kind of like the Midsommar one, where it's like they've been together for a little bit, but they've kind of fallen out of love, love for each yeah. other. And they're they're just they're still together because they're like, ah, might as well. But and then Jack's kind of like, I guess I have to do this moment, do this thing, or else we're gonna be lost forever. And then 
while she's sleeping, I think one night he hooks her up to the machine and then she's in it for however long. We don't know how long. That's the mm-hmm. that's the that's the big question. So Yeah, this I will say I will give the movie its credit. It does some great talking points for like how it could be fixed and how it could be improved. Mm-hmm. Like what can be tweaked, what could have been turned around and I think if this film waited a little bit longer and had more time in the editing room or at least maybe some more shooting time because mm-hmm. it to be fair it was being shot for a really long time mm-hmm. but given the circumstances with Harry and Olivia's relationship we don't know what happened on set but knowing that Olivia was on set like from time to time we there were scenes I felt like they were missing but I love the fact that Doza give a good conversation and mm-hmm. I think that this film does more question talking about the set and everything than it does what it wants to say in the end yes yes and I did I I love the it kind of reminded me the first maybe hour-ish or those those dream sequences those nightmarish kind of visuals and like the walls closing in the mirrors breaking and then you see some like really weird synchronized swimming editing that's like kind of creepy it's like it reminded me kind of like a darren aronofsky black swan mother kind of film where like there's these weird visuals that you're just seeing that the character's seeing that just kind of gets under your skin a little bit mm-hmm. it's not it's like it's not a horror movie but they're just unsettling enough to get you and it makes sense because matthew libatique who shot this movie does all of darren aronofsky's films so like oh Kind of makes sense why she hired him then. Yeah, great, and he did a great movie. job with cinematography. Yeah. I really loved the, that. The production design was great. Costume mm-hmm. design was great. Everything else in was like, I think the yeah. supporting team that Olivia got for this movie was outstanding. Yeah, it's like from a like production standpoint, it's like as a director, like to go from book smart to this, it's like that's, that's a real big jump for like as a director for Olivia Wilde. I was like, she got lucky her, with that. Yeah, gotta give her props for going from like a very small movie about two characters to a much bigger cast and the whole set and everything and it went pretty seamlessly in terms of like the the, the tech and technical parts of it mm-hmm. i was very impressed with that and i will say um is this a rewatch not a hundred percent i think it's a better watch to show to people and have a conversation and then maybe not watch it again mm-hmm. how do you it's... feel like it's 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 one of those where like now that you know the twist there's 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 those movies that have like the huge twist movies in it like the sixth sense and all that i'm like okay now that i know what's gonna happen do i want to watch this second time to like see if there's clues in the you know the first hour that kind of point to it or Mm -hmm. and i'm like i don't know if i would but if people wanted to watch it and like oh i haven't seen this movie but i've seen it I wouldn't say no. That's the thing. Yeah, that's a like, great oh, it's like I wouldn't be like, oh no, this movie sucks. I'm not watching. Like, no, I'd be fine with it. I'd be okay with it. There's not. I completely agree. Wouldn't be wrong. Mm-hmm. I will ask. Um, I was the only person in my theater when I went and saw this. Are you I, serious? I did see it like Thursday at like five o'clock here, but I was okay. legitimately the only person. So I want to see. And, but I talked to other people that had a absolutely packed crowd. I did I too. Like, I wonder what, what, yeah, what did you have and how did they react to it? Because obviously nobody reacted where I was. It was just me. Yeah. Um. So uh, the way I saw it, I was going to go see opening weekend, but I was away. I was out in mm-hmm. LA. So I was just coming back from all the vacation and like Saturday night, my, my fiance and I 
went on date night because he knew I really wanted to see it. So mm. we went out as a couple. There was a whole bunch of other teen girls. Mm. We sat. The one thing that was really I, fi- funny. I figured that was the one thing I was like, who, who, who's the demographic here for this movie? I wanted to see what you had, you know? Yeah. Um. But given the fact it's rated R, they probably took their moms. The moms mm. went. It was a fun mom, daughter, cool mom, daughter night out. And then we and there was this couple that was not couple, but it was like an um an older I want to say a mom and like so I guess her daughter they had this woman had to be like in her forties along with her mother like they were, she was older I can't tell you how many times I was interrupted like oh I don't like this I was ready to <laughs> get the hell out get the hell out of here you're in the wrong movie ma'am bring it down the party and like she people. was just like oh I don't like this she's like who is this character and all I hear is uh... Harry Styles I'm like God. <laughs> but that was the crowd I was with it okay. was like sold out to a degree I think the only seats that were left were like the front row which was pretty typical but the way i got my seats it was like you know 24 hours before the showtime mm-hmm. and okay. you know went in there was like like i said the only wrestler it was it was a sold out show it was like a six o'clock show because i wanted to play the full price because yeah, i knew yeah, i wanted yeah. to get that setting gotcha yeah, so and uh yes i mean at least she the older woman she had chris pine to look at you know he's 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 oh the older women love chris pine my 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 fiance's grandmother has a crush on him she's like oh that chris pine is so hot and i'm like she's like have you seen him in star trek i'm like yes i have he's still right there too i mean i think him and a few other actors kind of a little bit brad pitt was like they're almost too hot of actors (laughs) and and colin farrell it was like they're too hot so they have to be leading men in some boring movies that nobody cares about but then when they're like character actors in these in like more supporting roles they're just so good in it i'm like yeah this is what this is what chris pine should be doing because this is such a good role for him i'm like i don't want him to be jack ryan shatter recruit i'm like i don't care about that be this this is what you need to be doing yes, yes, I, w- yes. I want i want brad pitt to be you know the the once upon a time in hollywood supporting guy i he love that. that yes colin farrell should be doing more weird movies not seven like, psychopath style yeah do that where it's like they're too hot him and chris hamler too is like they have to be leading men Hollywood says they have to be like no no just let them do weird stuff they're good at it you know? yeah so i was glad chris pine was in this movie because he's he he i'm glad florence p like that dinner scene like just that scene is awesome is so good i was like this is good stuff here. some scenes stand out than others i will say that which i was like the common theme here is like any scene of chris or chris i almost said chris pratt chris pine in this movie imagine chris pratt is the the, the, that would not work at all but but like the 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 house party with him where he watches florence Pugh and harry styles pretty much have sex in his room was like such a weird scene that was so weird but it was so good the way he gives him that look i was was just like oh get out of here get out of here what are you doing I was like, yeah, that scene. Then you have the big party scene where he starts dancing. Then the dinner party scene. I was like, hey, scene with Chris Pine. This movie is really good. Yeah, like, like I said, Chris Pine is excellent. Yeah, he's excellent and he's really good. I, mm-hmm. Even Nick Kroll is fine in this film. I, yeah. which I was surprised about, like Nick Kroll in a movie like this. Yeah. I, I was, yeah, I'm very much not a fan of his. No, I, neither I, am I. <laughs> So I was, I was like, okay. And then I was like, then they kind of used that, like, 
I was like, maybe they knew I didn't like him. They kind of used that unlikability towards this character because he's such a like worker drone kind of love the company you work for, don't say anything bad about it kind of guy. I was like, oh yeah, I don't like this guy at all. I was like, well, maybe they, maybe the casting agency knew my attitude towards him. I feel like you know we need an unlikable guy. Let's get Nick Kroll. Like, let's good. get the guy from Big Mouth. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I don't want that. I was like, good, we got this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Like the, like it's good good things to come out of it from walking away, but uh, I think if I'm gonna recommend this to people to go see, give it a matinee watch or a rental. Like this, yeah. I think you'll have fun with that. But if you yeah, really yeah. want to see it for like the grandiose aspect, then then go because yeah. it does have some good moments mm-hmm. to it. It'll be on HBO Max then. She's a Warner Brothers movie, so like well, yeah, there'll be a there's, not there'll that be 45 a, day window. Unfortunately, that's, that's out the window, so you gotta wait to be surprised. True. You probably have to wait about Christmas-ish, maybe Thanksgiving. Maybe this will be the Thanksgiving movie everyone watches because everyone will be like, oh, "Happy yeah, Thanksgiving! Remember- Enjoy your turkey. Yeah. Let's go into a utopia to- where women yeah. are subject." <laughs> <laughs> everyone's gonna like has the family over. We need a movie to watch, and everyone's like, "Oh, I remember the headlines about that a few months ago. Let's let's, let's watch, watch those then, spicy then- scenes with Florence Pugh." Then. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not with my grandma. I don't want that. Your grandma's not. This is not a suitable for grandma. No, maybe not at that level. I mean, she might enjoy the scenes with Chris Pine. I mean, the woman I next to me did. did. I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame him. I enjoyed him. <laughs> oh, but uh, that was our journey. With Don't worry, darling. Mac, did you enjoy the <laughs> It yes, sounds it, like us. all your thought, thoughts. It. it now knowing it's VR, I'm kind of glad I went to see it because I would have probably thrown my popcorn at the screen. Like, what the fuck is this? Well, first of all, knowing <laughs> you and how you are with your movies, I guarantee you, you, you're, you, not even you, your dad would have been mad. You're like, Mac, what the hell? Did you drag me to? <laughs> so, is, is there something you want to tell me, you son of a bitch? I'm like, nothing. No, dad, I had to oh, see you for the podcast. Oh, my, friend, my friend wanted, my co host and friend wanted me to watch it. He's like, you, you stupid little, you come on, Papa. No, but I don't know. He probably we already got our tickets for Black Adam, so I mentioned this movie to him. Silent. So I knew I was just gonna be like, yeah, I'm taking the L. He was, he was like, what's that? <laughs> and I was like, don't worry about it, Dad. That's you like, oh, watch Kristen's TikTok. She would have given you all the answers. No, he would like who? Oh, oh no, man. Oh, all he knows is my podcast. Really? All he knows is my podcast co-host. Your first name. He doesn't know that you're all out here like this, you know. Oh no, man. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just, it sounds interesting. Like I, I do get a feeling like the whole step for wives thing. Like I feel like this movie. Y- y'all were right. This movie. It sounds like it was just made in the wrong year because it came out like 2014, 2013. I think it would have been like a box office hit. Like I said, it was on the 2019 blacklist. So who knows when this script was actually written? And 2005. Then... I mean, to be fair, the remake of Stepford Wives was in the mid 2000s, early 2000s, with you know the Nicole Kidman one. So yeah. to be fair, so that would have been around that time frame. Maybe, maybe they watched it then, then they're like, you know what? I could do it better. And then eventually yeah. over time they figured it out. And yeah. I, I, I have not watched the step for wives. So I, I've only know it through, like, I know what the movie is and I've heard it's not that great either. So I also, that's why I haven't watched it. So I kind of, um, I'm glad this one probably did it a little bit better. That story than what mm-hmm. I 
Oh, and there was also, uh, I want to shout this out too before we uh, get to the upfronts, but uh, Olivia Wilde also stated like inspirations from The Matrix and uh, Christopher Nolan's Inception. So, um, yeah, I guess like uh, on a very surface level, I could, you could see it. Mm -hmm. Mac, does that get your uh, spark going if that's, if Olivia Wilde's inspirations are from The Matrix and Inception? No. <laughs> no. Well, that I that de that depends if you. I liked Inception. The first Matrix is always the best, but I'm like, still, you're gonna be like, this seems like from face value with like without the spoilers, it just seems like kind of a boring movie. I I will say I was never bored, but it doesn't engross you in ways like a movie should. Yeah, and uh oh, oh there's the one. We are still doing spoilers. So the most entertaining scene, the most unintentionally hilarious car crash scene of the year. I was laughing at that. The, the one in the desert where they, they crash all the cars. I was laughing as well <laughs> at that. Oh my gosh. Like, You're in a desert. There, you don't have, there's nothing to hit, and they all hit each other. It was so funny. Christ almighty. It's Florence Pugh being tailed by two other people in cars, and then someone with another car is driving straight towards them in the middle of the desert, and Florence Pugh hits the brakes, and the three cars all hit each other and explode. I'm like, there is nothing you can hit in this entire desert, but they all three hit each other at that exact moment. It's, like, it's so funny. It's not supposed to be, but it was, so that was uh that's maybe just find that on youtube actually and, no and, context, and just, it wouldn't be as funny but it's so and the hilarious. and the explosion of it is just like ooh, oh you know you would have thought like a missile came and hit them it's yeah honestly <laughs> um also one of one final no oh no we're going on for this way too long do you know what um, maybe i should but uh no 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 i won't um all right so hunter what do you give this movie score wise um i would give it like a six six and a half out of ten where it was like it was pretty good overall like i didn't for all the bad mouthing it had i was like i don't think it deserved that much crap it got maybe his problem was people just were sick of hearing it but i was like it's a fine movie it doesn't it's not gonna stay around in the cultural zeitgeist but it doesn't no. need to be bad mouthed and taken to town like it has been over these past few weeks um okay I'm giving this just because I had the fun with it and all mm -hmm. the controversies and everything that went around it. I'm giving it a seven out of ten. That's like okay. a B minus yep. on my scale, which I was trying to be fair for it about. And uh, uh, I think a four minute standing ovation at Venice was just enough. As her blonde of moving on to a different subject, <laughs> that was way too yeah. long of a standing ovation. That I, movie did not deserve to be a nine-minute standing uh, ovation. I am no, sorry. I could tell you at at being at film festivals, I have been. Uh, they 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 like to inflate those numbers slash yeah. just artificially do it the whole time. Where it's they'll it's, just ham it in. It's it's there's, yeah. There's no correlation between how long the ovation was and how great the movie was. Sometimes it is just like. They do it because they get the headlines. So. For Brandon, on the other hand, Brandon Fraser, I'm so excited for that. Oh, Brandon Fraser, true, true. I I saw the movie The Whale at TIFF, and it was. Oh, it was I'm seeing it too. Was... I'm gonna see it too on my oh, film good. festival. I'm so excited, and he's gonna be it's... there and do a Q and A with Stephen Colbert. Oh. I'm so excited. 
Oh, that's me so good. Uh, you know, he wasn't. I saw. I didn't see the premiere of it. I saw the, the the screening the day after. He had already left by then. So I was like, ah, damn it! I wanted to see him because he he even if you don't love the whale, which I liked it, but he is so good in it. So it's like there's, it's kind of like Florence Pugh in this movie. Where it's like I don't care what you think about Dorian Darling, but Florence Pugh was so good in it. You can't, I think it you know, is award worthy performance, but not giving her an award. I think it should be recognized. Yeah. I also wanted to say that too, mm-hmm. like so, mm-hmm. like the costume design. I could see this being nominated. Yeah. Even the cinematography, I could see this nominated for it. Yeah. Like if if not for all the bad mouthing and just kind of negative vibes around it, I was like production design, costume design, like some makeup and hairstyling. I was like, I would be in favor with that. I was like, there's yeah. some really good aspects technically of it that that's fine. yeah, like what we discussed. So yeah. Mac, if this gets nominated, will you watch it? No. Ah, <laughs> oh, you should place the bet right now. You know, Man, I'll watch it one day. I'll probably watch one it when day. it's on TV, okay. like on FX. Oh no, not a vax. They cut some. Well, no. Well, to be fair, they have to cut a lot of scenes out for that. So maybe mm, <laughs> if it's going to yeah. be set for TV. But uh, that was. Don't worry, darling. Don't worry, darling. We covered the film. Mm. Yeah, you see what yeah. I did there. See what I mm, did like there. <laughs> Thank you, Hunter. Um, for now, it, it's still playing in theaters before it hits HBO Max. If you want to see it, let us know your thoughts in the comments down below. I know, Mac, we we all would have loved to hear Mac's commentary on it. That's okay. It's fine. I'll convince Mac to one day to watch it. I mean, when we meet up for the wedding, when you meet up for the wedding, we'll watch it together. Ah. Oh, yeah. That that is a perfect (laughs) one. Um, to be fair, Mac, we got another hairstyles movie coming. My policeman. Mm. Oh, that one. Yeah. One of my friends at work told me. Yeah, and he um did you see it? No. I did not see it. That was the one I missed. But I, uh, quite a few other people saw it that they were that I was with, and they were not high on it, unfortunately. But it's coming to our Twin Cities Film Festival in two weeks, and I'll see it. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'm still slightly excited. But give me the scoop mm. on it because I am still reading the book. I am still mm, I... on that reading book game. So, um, and I am. I I, I have not or anything. But um, yeah. Another Harry Styles movie coming out, but and he actually won an award for that at TIFF. Another thing mm. to go about. But for now, yeah, we took cover. Don't worry, darling. Like I said, leave your comments down below if you saw the film and let your, our thoughts know. For now, Mac, are we going to cover a box office? Oh. What'd you say? Are we covering? <laughs> uh, really, really helping here. Mac, are we going to cover the box office? Oh, uh, yeah. You do the upfront while I pull up the box office number. <laughs> Great transition. Yep. So slowly pull back the curtain on that. Um, guys, let's talk the upfront. So I'm like, upcoming on the show, we are going to be discussing a Robert Zemeckis retrospective because he just worked on Pinocchio. And it and was Pinocchio some... shit. That's, you could tell what our thoughts on that because we're also going to be covering <laughs> Pinocchio in another episode along with our Halloween episode. We are going to be covering The Monsters, the new one that uh, Rob Zombie covered recently, the one that looks like garbage. And possibly (laughs) Halloween ends. We gotta know how it ends. I mean, is Michael Myers gonna ever die? That's the good question. We don't know. Or then again, Michael Myers always lives. So we'll find out in a couple weeks, but that's the upfront. Mac, you wanna get to the box office? 
Yes, so for the box office for the weekend of September 30th into October 2nd. So the top 10 highest grossing films of the weekend. Number 10 is Top Gun Maverick. Still going strong if there's reason. Hell yeah. Jesus Christ. Total gross $713.4 million worldwide. Uh, Number nine is DC League of Super Pets. Number eight is Bullet Train. Barbarian is number seven with $2.8 million. Ponylin Selvin? I don't know. $4 million. Uh, Bros comes in at number five with $1.8 million. Avatar, with its re-release, coming in with $5 million. A mere two months before its second movie comes out. Jesus Christ. Uh, don't Worry Darling is number two with $6.8 million. And the new winner of the box office weekend is Smile with $22.6 million. Are y'all going to see Smile? I've been forbidden to see Smile by my sister. No. Forbidden? Wow. Yeah. You, you just you, Do you want to see Smile? I was not going to watch it. Uh, no, I do. No. Interest. No. The marketing so, campaign so did really good for it, but I just don't want to see it. <laughs> I, I, those kind of PG 13 jump scarish horror movies, even though I've heard this one's a little bit better than that, but any of those where I like trailers, I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to see this. Like, I, I'm fine with horror movies, but I just don't want to see this one. The thing this is, is, like, it kind of, not going to, it kind of like appeals to the more like, when I was in middle school, like early high school, the kids who aren't old enough to go to the R rated movies, but they went over the 13 year old movies. It's like, oh, look at that. It's so scary. I'm like, honestly, now it's just jump scares. It's like that it's Ouija the- board movie. Remember oh, that yeah. came out almost uh, nearly like 10 years ago, that aspect oh, where it was like yeah. PG 13. Yeah. That's what it gets the vibes of. But um, yeah, I was not interested in Smile at all. So um, I am going to see Lyle, Lyle dialogue oh, that's the new one that's coming out yeah it looks cute I mean, it does and uh, too bad for bros for um not bombing but very much underperforming on the weekend it's a good movie it's it's pound for pound one of the funniest movies of the year there's so many great lines in it so i was, uh, mm-hmm. I was disappointed that it it failed in way no matter what you think about the, the whole gay aspect of it. It's like, it's just a good movie. It's a really yeah. good, funny movie. You should be seeing those, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I wanted to see it, but unfortunately with timing and then I think the unfortunate thing, because, you know, I guess we can touch on this really quickly, you know, mm-hmm. Billy Eichner was kind of blaming the audience, yeah. but to be fair, he pulled it. To be fair, he's pulling like an, like an Amy Schumer type thing, like, oh, I'm gonna blame the audience. Oh, no, well, to be no. fair, you're going up against Halloween season, you're going up against yourself, who is more of a supporting actor, man lead, who, mm. like, if it was somebody like, you know, if he wasn't like a Chris Pratt, let's say, or like somebody who wasn't like a Tom Cruise, or like somebody like a leaning man, mm-hmm. you're struggling. I mean, like, there's some aspects to it that made this film struggle and not the word, the marketing wasn't as strong. Like it was a lot of doing Billy himself, mm-hmm. I feel like, and just saying like, oh yeah, I got this movie coming out because I saw him on, you know, all over the place. Like, you know, doing his man on the street saying, oh, people go watch my movie. And then not only that, other people around him, like Chris Evans and uh, I think it was Allison Brie, like all the other, you know, his friends that like, he, I think he's worked with over the years supported the film and said hey go watch the film 
Mm-hmm. It was like no other marketing towards it. Yeah. Well, one thing I really despised about his tweets was he talked about how straight people just didn't go see the movie. Yeah. Like, well, the whole of point of bros, the movie bros, is that the whole message of the movie that's well done is that the gay community is not just some one group fits all kind of thing. It's like mm-hmm. gay people are all different. Everyone's different, has their own thing. And then when his message just says straight people didn't go see it, I was like, well, buddy, you can't have your whole movie about treating people differently and not grouping people into one thing and just say this whole group of people didn't see it. I'm yeah. like, well, that's not it's like that's the anti of what you your whole movie was about. I was like, and your your movie's about being kind and now you're not being kind. I'm like, oh my it's like you're, you're pissing me off and I liked your movie. Don't do this, man. Yeah, I mean, like, I there's like, oh, definitely that aspect, like... especially since you brought that up, since mm-hmm. you're the only one who, you know, out of this group here saw it. I mean, mm-hmm. I I would like to see it. There's just other, you know, stuff that came out, especially, like, that spooky season. I think the marketing-wise, yeah. you can clearly tell the marketing that they did with Smile overtook bros, yeah. you know, yeah. especially well, that baseball game was it the baseball game yeah where everybody was standing and smiling that was genius right there that was selling that film right there like do you think bros would have done better if it was released on like hulu or netflix i maybe maybe yeah but i mean like the whole marketing in the movie was that it was an in theaters movie mm -hmm. so i was like so that was that was something that was kind of baked into it from the very beginning. They beginning. Were like it was going to be the first be LGBTQ film yeah, with the gay couple in the theater, you yeah. know, leading performance. And it's like an all LGBTQ cast, which is all great. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. all that. But, you know, it just didn't sell for people, you know. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. There was a lot of factors. And also, especially knowing the fact the movie we just talked about was also a big conversational piece. You got the big stars in it. You got there, There's just a lot of factors you're playing up against. And I just think blaming the audience is something and something nobody should ever, ever do when it comes to releasing a film. Yeah. It's just a numbers yeah. game, too. You got to just think about yeah. that. There's just all sorts of factors, but yeah um anyways that's the show guys yeah Woo! this is another good episode and they got a high note yeah, yeah they got a high note i feel like uh, <laughs> so hunter once again uh thank you for joining us this has been a very great conversation about the worry darling i've gotten a good perspective on what to expect if i ever watch this movie but for the folks who are listening where can they find you at to look at your content uh, on my website at www.cinemadispatch.com, on Instagram at the Cinema Dispatch, and over at the League of Cinephiles, and over at uh, Minnesota Film Critics Alliance as well. So there's definitely avenues available. You just got to pick one, and you can get your uh, get your treats. Awesome! Excellent. Awesome. Everything will be linked down in the description below. But we want to thank you all for listening to this episode. I've been your host, Mac. This has been Kristen, and this has been Hunter. And we will see you all in the next episode. Peace. Peace. Bye. Don't forget to follow us on socials. Bye.